Hey there, I'm Allison Howell, and this is The Trunk Show, where I talk with leaders in the event rental industry about their rental adventures. The show is brought to you by RW Elephant, mighty inventory management software designed to help you conquer the chaos in your event rental business and reclaim your creativity because the world needs more of the beautiful events and environments you create. In this episode, I talk with CC Champion, owner and founder of Little Celebrations, a furniture rental business that makes sure the kids have a place to sit, designed just for them. My name is Cece um, Champion, and I own an event rental business supporting um, children event rentals, um, kid-sized children event furniture. And I started my business October 2016, so I actually just highlighted yesterday um, five years in this industry. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah, so really just started, you know, in my house, just figuring out what pieces to get. So it's a blessing to see how far I've come um, just now having an actual brick and mortar. Yeah. And and you're in the Boston area, right? Yes. In Boston, Massachusetts. What regions do you serve? I serve Massachusetts and Rhode Island. Well, tell us about um, your early career. And so it's so interesting I'm doing this. I'm in this industry because when I was in college, I majored in public relations. So, you know, my dream was to work in entertainment, interned at a PR firm. And a lot of the events we would do was hospitality. Okay. And then when I graduated from college, my first job was at the Marriott and I got a concierge position working Red Coat, which we would help um, event con- event planners come in to set up conferences or events or dinners. Wow. And then when I um, left the Marriott, I started working on um, a family, our family foundation, um, which was helping okay. impact um, children in the community with music courses um, and providing free music programs in the summer for kids. Okay. And I always have been, ha- I always had a passion to give back to the community in terms of um, service. So when I ran the, the foundation, I also um, got a job at the United Way where okay. I was hired to do signature events, helping volunteerism. So any large volunteer projects that United Way had, I pretty much coordinated it from beginning to end, um, you know, just setting that vision in there, which sure. honestly led me to... Um, part of the passion of Little Celebrations with the community baby shower because we wanted it to be a space where mothers that were underserved or in low-income environments, we wanted them to have a place where they felt like, wow, I have a baby shower for me. So we would have a boutique. We would have a kid's area. Mm. We would have um, chair massage. What a special experience. Yes, it was so special, especially like the kids' activity center because we had... Pairs.com, like, you know, babysitters come um, and everything okay. was donated, you know, so. Wow. And when I would explore kid tables and chairs, it was simply just the classroom style tables and chairs. Sure. So very industrial feeling and not at all celebratory. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. Wasn't much upscale, you know. So it was that time that I saw, well, this market only has this for children available. And 
when I started planning my best friend's baby shower in 2016 in Houston, Texas, I came across the business model of upscale children rentals. And I said, wow, if we can have this at the community baby shower, it would add so much value to the shower. And I started researching around Massachusetts, New England, seeing like who had these tables and chairs. And during my search, I found no one. Sure. So it's a very particular niche. Yes. Yeah. So when you were searching and you didn't find what you were looking for, did you immediately think I should do this? Or did you think someone should do this? I just felt that, I just felt like a, honestly, I prayed about it. I said, you know, I saw, I see this concept. I see this idea, you know, does this, is this fitting for me? Um, And I also myself personally have gone through a journey of infertility and Mm. it was like, and I literally just, it was like this nudge on me. And then I started thinking of names. Hmm. So it was just like this one idea of me seeing this and it stuck with me to me just acting out on it. Like, let me just do it and just see. Sure. Um, and also being able to be a gift to other parents as well, because I realized, you know, when kids go to events, they're sitting at these adult tables. It's not as fun yeah. for them or parents right. are you know, telling them to stop touching the silverware or, you know, the kids are grabbing all the things, the beautiful decor at an event. So why not create a space for children to have something where it's activities for them or they can bond with other children that are at the party or it feels like they're sitting in the classroom because that's where they go to Monday through Friday. They go to school, they sit at little tables and chairs. So now when they go to events, they're able to walk in and feel like, wow, this section is for me. Yeah, well, that's really, um, I think, a a special perspective because it seems like it could, having kids at an event can feel like an afterthought. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, So you had this idea, you were planning your friend's baby shower, you had done the community baby shower, you saw that there was a need in your market. What happened next? So after that, I just, you know, reached out to two women that I saw running the same business model, which is Petite okay. Seats. Um, and I heard she changed her name. Her name was Little Cedars, um, but now she's Party Vibes Houston. Okay. She, you know, wrote me back. She told me kind of the number of chairs she started with. Sure. And she and I had, you know, coming into this business, I would say she's someone I admire. She's like my mentor someone that I could bounce off ideas with. We made a, a, a point to go to High Point, the expo sure. in North Carolina. And we was like, let's take this trip to source some pieces, you know? And me right. and her took this trip together. And it just feels amazing to have someone in the same industry and you're helping one another. You're not seeing each other as competition. And she's the kind of person where she loves to just give information and... So I, I could say it's it's more than just having an event rental space. It's also finding your tribe of the people that can actually help you bring sure. your business to the next level. And that's personally, honestly, why I joined RW Elephant too, because I see how much you pour into a, event rental, the event rental industry. You give so much information on things mm-hmm. that we just wouldn't know like where to start. Mm. And so that's why I invest in my business to go to conferences. You know, I take the classes that I need to take so I could just learn more. 
Yeah, it seems like that kind of thirst for knowledge also goes hand in hand with some humility, right? Like the the, the ability to acknowledge that you don't know everything yet. Yes. Um, but also coupled with the confidence to say, I can do this. Yes. Well, tell me what hurdles you think that you and others in the children's rental industry face that are unique to your niche. A lot of pricing for children's prices are the same as adults, Uh some of it. Um, Right. So that's something I found was a lot of people don't explore the children's side of it because it just, I can make more of an adult chair. So why am I paying the same price as a kid's chair um, to the adult chair? Especially with the pandemic, a lot of the places that I source a lot of my chairs from, they scale back on getting kids stuff or the certain colors and stuff like that. So I do find that that is a problem. Um, If I want to continue on with certain, you know, pieces. Um, Also, people seeing the value of like kids stuff at the parties, which now I think people are starting to see more. Fortunately, like Kylie Jenner, okay. you know, Mindy, Mindy Wise, she uses, she right. loves kids stuff. I love looking, <laughs> you know, she'll incorporate kid pieces all day right. in the Kardashian parties, you know? So yeah. I think a lot of people are seeing that celebrity, um, yeah, you know, spotlight and they're like, oh, I want that. You know, I, I will actually get a kid's table for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, how have you changed as a person as a result of owning a business? Wow, so much growth, um, so much like independence and decision making. Okay. I just, you know, were you? Do you feel like you were indecisive before, and now, and now you're not, or you just have strengthened that muscle? Um, you know, starting this business has allowed me to really build a backbone to like saying no, creating mm-hmm. boundaries, um, respect, uh, like protecting my own peace. From okay. certain things. Um, so it sounds like you've had a lot of confidence in your journey. Have there been any parts that have been scary? Oh, yes. What, Last year, the what pandemic. Parts have been... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that wasn't expected for you? Huh. Um, well, tell us more about that. So I would say I was, you know, obviously it's that fear of like, I don't know this industry. I don't know really what to expect, but I'm just going to go with it and roll with the punches. Hmm. Um, And personally for me, anyone that owns event rentals, you understand that you're putting a lot of investment to buy the pieces. Right. So when the pandemic came, I really had long conversations of like, you know, where is this going? Mm. The first year I probably made $10,000 in sales just operating from my house. And so I started to see the growth each year where it was like doubling. My sales were double. And I said, well, 2020 is going to be my year. Yeah. And then, you know, 2020 started off very strong. And then March comes. And in Massachusetts, we were told, you have to be completely shut down for events. You know, there's absolutely no events. And I just was like, wow, like if everything that I invested in this business, is it going to go away now? Like what is going to happen? How am I going to pay my rents? The overhead, I just moved into a warehouse. Um, 
And so I was just like in this mode of trying to figure it out. But then by me really starting my business with all the ducks in the row, having everything in place, it allowed me to be able to apply for all the grants that became available through COVID relief. And I was able to show, you know, the government that I am a legit business. This is the income I was bringing in. And through that experience, I was able to have a tribe of other women that are in event rentals and tell them, hey, you know, you need to apply for these grants, you know, and a lot of times, you know, some people are skeptical, like, oh, I don't know. But then when they started seeing me get granted 25,000, 15,000, I I probably got over $60,000 worth of grants in the pandemic. Well, that's fantastic. And I know one of the grants you received was the um, Comcast Rise grant. Is that right? Yes. Yes. At the time, they were just targeting towards African-American business owners. So I mm-hmm. had applied and I wasn't, you know, I never really get anything. So I was actually shocked, like, wow, I actually got approved for this. So they right. came in, they gave me free security, free internet, free, um, they gave me two iPads, two laptops, like anything that I needed wow. to equip my business to help me through yeah. this pandemic. It seems like you had to provide a lot of information in order to qualify for the program. Um, And so I'm just wondering, did you have all of that at your fingertips or did you have to do some digging? I know sometimes as entrepreneurs, especially creatives in the event rental industry, you know, we're we're not always um, savvy with numbers or really interested in numbers. Yes. (laughs) So I learned early on that delegation is key and I am not the control freak. I'm not the person that's like, I need to keep, have my hands on everything. So for me initially, it was very important for me to invest in a bookkeeper and making sure sure I had all my numbers one together um, so I can understand the growth of my business. So I did that um, hiring a bookkeeper which was great because then I was just able to print my profit and losses and stuff for these grants that were available because one of my mentors, she had, she's out here in Massachusetts. When I first started this business, she pulled me to the side and said, Hey, I noticed you do these kid rentals. You're the only one in this market. You need to increase your prices. Her name is Liz. She's from her company's called Simplistic Charm. Um, And she also said, I noticed you're doing deliveries. I noticed that you're doing um, cleaning and you're doing all these things. But I want to tell you that you need to hire people because you have to focus on growing the revenue of your business. If you're doing deliveries, you're cleaning, you're, you know, repairing and you're doing all these other things, how are you marketing or reaching other people to build, you know, those relationships to grow the revenue? I feel like when I look around at the industry, the people who are continuing to do deliveries and especially late night pickups are the ones who burn out the fastest. You know, I was that person my first few years, you know, picking up at one, two o'clock in the morning. Right. You know, and I kept thinking like, wow, kids parties till two o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Right. I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm like kid parties till one, two in the morning. And (laughs) to be honest, I had to take a step back and evaluate my boundaries Right. You know, and what my company wants to take on and what my company can't. 
I learned in this industry to really create space and boundaries for my piece. So, mm. you know, I stopped doing the late pickups. Um, okay. Now it's like, we'll pick up the next day in the morning um, or, yeah. you know, if it's a reasonable time. Now I charge like late pickup fees if it is past sure. a certain time. And then I also, for even pickup hours, I only allow pickups from like 9 to 12 in the morning. Right. There's a way in which if you can set a boundary, other people will meet it. Whereas if you just say, oh, when do you want to come? Then they tell you the most convenient time for them, but it's absolutely the least convenient for you. And we're back with CC Champion as we dive into the collection itself. Get ready to hear about one of the most niche warehouses in Boston. Describe your collection to us. Tell us what kinds of things that you're actually renting. I know you mentioned tables and chairs, but I know that warehouse has a lot more than tables and chairs in it. Now, I was actually talking to one of my mentors about it because I was telling her, I said, you know, a lot of people are able to like create other sources of income because they're able to decorate the space. They're able to bring the Mm. rentals. Mm -hmm. Me, simply, I'm like, what tables and chairs do you need? Because I have no idea what to put on this table. Yeah, well, you know what, but... There's something beautiful about that, right? Because your pieces can make you money when you're not there. So right. the opportunity for scale in a business like yours is really different than uh, a business that really requires the main principal to be the one doing the hands-on work on the day of the event. Right. And that's what I enjoy, like bringing the stuff there and then seeing the event planner execute their magic on the rentals, you know, just like, wow, you really created this whole thing. And just seeing those pictures come back and it's pictures that I can actually use for my Instagram, you know, that are quality pictures. Right. You know, so I've been trying to think of different themes and, you know, different collection pieces I can add together. Um, So right now I've been building a lot of Halloween stuff with like black chairs, Mm -hmm. orange and greens, you know, things that will stand out for October and then looking right. at, you know, how what pieces will go good for like a holiday, you know, New Year's, Christmas, sure. you know, Hanukkah, that kind of thing. Um, what is the most surprising piece in your warehouse? I would say I went to, so I love to source. So I go to um, thrift shops, antique shops. Okay. I, you know, source different pieces. So I have a lot of um, wooden pieces um, that are wooden chairs And one of the Mm -hmm. chairs is from 1930. I feel like everyone kind of obsesses over anything mini. So, I mean, (laughs) just walking in and seeing the the Chivari chair, your kid Chivari chair is next to an adult Chivari chair. It makes people go, oh, that's so cute. I mean, you must get that reaction a lot, right? Yes. And that's why other parents are like, where'd you get that? And then the parents are telling me, I told all my friends, they loved it. The kid tables were a hit. And it's so funny because even if the kids don't go to the tables, the parents are like, I need this just for the aesthetics of my event. Well, tell us about an event that you're you're most proud of being a part of. I would say the event I'm most proud to be a part of, um, there's so many, honestly, but... Um, one is the party muse. She, she actually, I think she stopped doing events, but she only geared towards kid parties. Okay. So when she does kid parties, her parties scale to like over $20,000. Like that's the scale she goes on. So she did this party princess party where she, um, had my clear Chivari chairs, the tables, and she had got every princess 
Wow. To come to that party. And it was like, the kids were like, so excited because it was a princess party, you know, I'm so sure. I'm watch, looking at the princesses sitting down on the chairs too with the kids and yeah. every seat was filled and those kids were sitting there just, you know, eating and doing the activities on the table. And that's what I enjoy, like seeing the kids really utilize the seating area right. and just like, it was, it was a, a beautiful event. Like it was so beautiful. Um, well, and how magical for the kids to feel like, their dreams are becoming reality in that in that space. How special mm-hmm. that memory must be for them too. Yes, yes, it is. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, the community you've built. You mentioned a couple times um, Petite Seats and Little Cedars and also Bambini. And it seems to me like there is quite a community that has formed in the community the kids rental world. Do you do you think that's the case? Yes, there def most certainly has. Um I you know, I would say the community piece is very intentional because mm-hmm. one thing Petite Seats, she's a sharer and I'm a sharer, like we share. Okay. Cuz you know, in this industry, it could be very catty, it could be very competitive. And you know, it's like when you have a, comp- a competitive market kind of, you know, I think I always had the perspective, what's for me is for me, you know? Mm -hmm. And as much as I can add value as a positive lens to this community, that's what I want to do. Right. I also, um, on the side, I started hosting vision board events. So, and I, you know, put that under a little celebrations brand. And the way I Mm. cultivate the community is a lot of event planners, a lot of people in the industry come to the vision board event and it's their first okay. time doing a board themselves or okay. their perspective on is like, oh, what are you doing cutting out magazines? But uh-huh. the feedback a year later is like, wow, thank you so much for introducing me to this um, idea of like doing these vision boards and stuff because it really allowed my business to reach to the next level or personally things that I wanted, you know, so... Yeah, it seems like it helps people set intentions and really create clarity about their goals. Um, And when you have something physical and tangible and visible to see, you're able to see that as a marker. Yes. Tell me me where you see your business going or you yourself personally going in the next few years. How do you see it growing? So I see myself in the next few years, um, one, really growing my business-to-business relationships outside of, you know, of just event planners, but really creating those relationships more with venues. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I've always had this vision, especially when I first started Little Celebrations, to franchise it. I want to create some type of directory of everyone that has this niche and be able to to tell people, oh, you're in Louisiana, you're in North Carolina, these people are here, you know, you're in New York, call this, you know, because yeah. I always give, I love to refer, you know. Um, but I mean, I do have people that's like, can you deliver to New York? You know, can you deliver? I, I also have a lot of friends that were asking like whether they can franchise it as well and where they reside hmm. and stuff. So just getting that paperwork together and what that direction will look like, um, you know, franchising yeah. it. Um, well, that seems like a beautiful vision. Um, I, I kind of like that you're dreaming big for little celebrations. What steps do you take to grow the revenue? If you feel like you want 
you know, to grow by 20% next year? What are those steps? What are you spending your time on and investing in? Um, I spend more time on being intentional with my Instagram posts because um, when I first started, okay. a lot of my business just came from Instagram. Like, I remember when I first started my account, I'm like, oh, wow, I have two followers. Hmm. And now I'm looking, I'm like, oh, I'm almost at 5,000 followers, you know? And yeah. there are other people in the industry that have the same niche as me. They have like 20,000 followers. So I said, you know, if I'm more intentional with how I post, sharing, you know, more people will see it, which it has. Like every time I post, I get new people and new inquiries. And Great. I made sure to get a van and brand my van. So when my driver's out, he's Great. getting a lot of questions like, can we get cards? Can, you know, I see you right. have this company and stuff. So that's like a billboard in itself, driving down the highway, which is great. Sure. Um, and then yeah. also talking to the people I know that have those venue relationships to figure out like, how can I get stronger in my venue relationships, but also the larger event rental businesses that don't have what I have in kids. Tell me what challenges you're currently facing at Little Celebrations and, and what resources are you utilizing to overcome those? Challenge um, was staffing. Um, and I can't say staffing is like perfect right now, but it's it's exactly kind of where I need it to be. Um, uh -huh. So I ended up hiring my aunt. She does my invoicing. She answers the phones for me. Great. And since she started, all of the customers are like, she's amazing. They love her. And she works oh, remotely. Yay. RW Elephant allows you to work remote, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't have to, <laughs> you just log into the site and do the invoicing. Um, and she gets the phone calls and stuff, you know, because I have, I use Google Voice. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, when you look back at the five years now that you've been in business, what are some of the moments that you're most proud of? I'm most proud of not giving up learning, always being a sponge, mm. you know, always being a student. Yeah. Um, figuring out ways how I can get better. Um, just character growth, you know. Yeah. I would just say like the relationships built as well, you know, just being able to have those um, genuine relationships and being able to help one another. Sure, sure. You have a really refreshing perspective, Cece. You're really a delight to speak with. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I really appreciate the, the ways that you are, are very self-aware and um, that you are, are seeing sort of how to spend your intentions and what to focus on in order to live the way you want to live, even if not all the circumstances around you are exactly how you want them to be. It seems like you're really finding a lot of joy. Thank you. Thank you so much, Cece, for coming on. You can find her website and social media info in the show notes. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out the show notes link to join the RW Elephant mailing list. Stay tuned to hear my lightning round questions with Cece. Three words that describe your collection. Unique. Um trending and what's another word upscale great what is one trait you look for when hiring responsible if you could only have one type of fabric in your collection what would it be risen well that's not a fabric but like something easily <laughs> to wipe because the way these kids <laughs> great <gummy. laughs> 
Um, a business book you'd recommend? Um, I would say How Successful People Lead by John Maxwell. Do you rent, lease, or purchase your delivery vehicles? Purchase. Uh, two things outside of work you love to do. Work out, travel, and eat. Great. Would you rather pack a delivery truck blindfolded or get a last-minute order for a 200-person event that's happening tomorrow? Pack in a delivery event blindfolded. <laughs> okay. I kind of want to watch that. <laughs> Here's my last question as we close out. What do you enjoy most about your rental adventure? The connections, the relationships, mm. the joy the rentals bring to the kids' faces. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really special. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I really loved getting to know you more. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Cece. And thank you for listening to The Trunk Show, brought to you by RW Elephant. I'm your host, Allison Howell. Happy renting! <laughs>